What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we are here talking about the NBA playoffs first round, and we are going to also give you our predictions for the second round of the NBA playoffs. We know it's been a while. We've been quite busy over these past couple of weeks, but we're going to try our best to upload a bit more consistently going forward. But there's there's no guarantees here. I'll just I'll just say that. But starting off with the first recap of the first round, the Lakers versus the Suns with a question of will LeBron ever win a championship? Obviously we know that the Lakers were eliminated in the first round. Obviously we know the Suns took care of business. I mean, there was a bit of a struggle, but it never really seemed like the Suns once they kind of got that three, two lead, I never thought there was any way they were going to blow it at that point. So Andrew, do you think there's any possible way that LeBron wins another championship or, and give your thoughts on this series? Uh, to answer your first question, it appears as if LeBron's reign of the NBA is somewhat over. I mean, with him losing in the first round, with him walking back on defense, pretty much giving up on his team on the series, it just shows a lot about him and his character at that point, or at this point in his career, and shows that he's just not willing to put it all out on the line anymore. And with his age getting up there, I don't see him ever winning another championship again. But, and that's unless he joins a super team after his contract is up with the Lakers, which I doubt will ever happen, but somehow it happens then. That's the only way he'll ever win another championship, but I don't think he'll ever win another legitimate championship in the NBA. But my thoughts on the series is the Suns, I thought that the Lakers were going to run away with this series as soon as they took their 2-1 lead. But uh, it, the, the Lakers uh, just really couldn't close close it out. And it's just because of AD's injury, I think. If AD could stay in the court, AD is a huge part of this team, Anthony Davis. Probably besides LeBron, he's the biggest uh, contributor and biggest part to this team. And without him on the court, it really hurt them. I think that's the main reason why they lost this series. But LeBron didn't have any help. LeBron played fine. I mean, he did his job. But I'm sure it was very frustrating on his end to see that his teammates could barely help him out uh, at all. The Lakers are going to have to figure some stuff out this offseason. Somehow get LeBron more help. I mean, how much more help can you get him, you know? So the Lakers, if, I, if I'm if i the Lakers, I'd be a little bit concerned right now and a little bit scared for the future because if we're being completely honest, it's not looking too bright, especially with, uh, as we saw in this series, that LeBron could barely get any help from his younger guys, from the his other uh, guys off the bench, even the other starters. I mean, it's just it's just really concerning to see that the Lakers cannot find any help for LeBron. Yeah, Andrew, moving on to our second series recap, the Hawks versus the Knicks. The Hawks kind of, they kind of really dominated this series for the most part. I, I thought the Knicks were going to win the series. I thought with ha- being able to play at MSG, the crowd would get to Trey Young, but it seemed like Trey Young kind of embraced it and basically made New York MSG into his, I think you all know what I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say it. We're, we're, we are all PG podcast, but you know what I'm going to say? I mean, Trey Young dominated the series. Trey Young was the reason the Hawks are at, at this point right now, a 1-0 series lead on the 76ers in the second round. 
there's not a whole lot to talk about here. The Hawks didn't really struggle much with the Knicks at all. Yeah, and what we learned here is Trey Young is a killer. Trey Young is an absolute killer on the court, and the big moment doesn't get to him because playing in your first career playoff game at Madison Square Garden is intimidating. It is, and it, it can get to a lot of people, but it just did not get to Trey Young at all. And like you said, he really embraced uh, the atmosphere there. So the Hawks are looking real good. They looked really good in that series. And I, I don't know if they'll, uh, they'll, they'll look at this series and be like, man, it's not, I mean, what I'm thinking here is I'm not, although they really did dominate it, it's not, this win wasn't that impressive. After all, it's the Knicks. I mean, I know you expected a different outcome, but this is kind of how I saw it going. I don't think the Hawks are that great of a team, but compared to the Knicks in the playoffs, <laughs> they looked pretty good, but I wasn't expecting much a much different outcome, but of course you you were Henry, so that's why uh, your thoughts on this might have been a little different after uh, watching this series. But although the Hawks did dominate this series, I am still not like totally sold on them in the playoffs. And I'll, I'll get to more what I think about them uh, later in the podcast when we go to onto our second round predictions. But focusing on the Knicks Hawks series. Hawks dominated this entire series. Yeah, Andrew, moving on to our third series of the first round, we have the Nets and the Celtics. Nets dominated the series. The Celtics never really put up a fight. The only question that you can really take out of this is Tatum kind of climbed his way to superstar level. That's my question for you. I would say that Jason Tatum did. I mean, especially into the conversation that he's one of the most elite scorers in the NBA. I mean, this guy is just a pure offensive talent. And I'm not, I'm not going to compare him to this player, but because I don't think he'll ever be as great as this player. And I'm not trying to disrespect this player that I'm about to compare his game to a little but his offensive game kind of reminds me of Kobe Bryant's. It, it does. I mean, he's just so silky on the offensive end and he gets it done. He puts the ball in the basket and his, his moves are just so similar to Kobe Bryant. And when, when he used to dominate the NBA, I mean, I definitely think Jason Tatum has put his name into a superstar level, probably one of the top 10 best players in the NBA. And I would say a top five scorer in the league as of right now. Yeah, Andrew, moving on to now, I believe, which will be our, our fourth series that we're talking about. We have the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. This game, I truly, I mean, this series I thought was completely going to seven games. The Nuggets just found a way to kind of outlast the Blazers in two straight games, but those were definitely games that the Blazers could win. Damian Lillard obviously had probably one of the greatest performances in playoff history in game five. Uh, it, obviously, we know it wasn't enough, but... This series was incredible to watch from the start. It seems like these teams play every year and we just get an incredible series from them. Yeah, but Damian Lillard couldn't do it all for this team. The only problem with the Blazers is Damian Lillard might be really good, but they don't play well as a team. They, they just don't. They don't play great team basketball. Damian Lillard can only do so much for your team. The Nuggets know how to play team basketball. 
And I, I, I honestly credit this to their coach, Michael Malone. I think he coached a way better series than Terry Stotts did. And then the end result was Terry Stotts getting fired after this series. So it says a lot about the coaching difference. I think Michael Malone was played a huge part in why the Nuggets took care of this series. But also you have to give credit where credit's due. Nikola Jokic played a hell of a series. And the Nuggets just outplayed and played better team basketball than the Portland Trailblazers did this series. Yeah, Andrew, in the fifth series we'll be talking about today, we have the Sixers and the Wizards. And let's be honest here, the Wizards really never stood a chance. Just just like, I mean, both 1-8 series, both them and the Grizzlies versus the Jazz, both both series, we knew kind of there, maybe they'll sneak out one game, but in my opinion, there was there was no way that either of those teams had a chance to win that win either of the series. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the Wizards were basically that just there for a playoff appearance. I mean, they 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 weren't really coming in to win anything because the Sixers just outplayed them the entire series. They dominated the Washington Wizards from the start of that series to the end. I think the 76ers can be viewed now as a, if they weren't already before in some people's eyes as a huge threat uh, in the East and in the entire NBA. I think they have a legitimate shot at winning the NBA title if they keep playing like they did in the first series against the Washington Wizards. I mean, they didn't have any problem with the Wizards. So I get the Wizards aren't the best team in the NBA playoffs by any means, but they took care of them easily. So I think the 76ers are looking good, and if they can keep playing like they have been, they're looking real scary. Yeah, Andrew, and in the six theories that we'll be talking about, the Bucks dominated the Heat. There's nothing more to say here. The Heat, the Heat didn't. The Heat were a fluke in the bubble. The Bucks dominated. Not much. To say. Yeah, I, I agree. Honestly, I now looking at this. I think that the Heat just had no business being even being in the playoffs. I mean, no business. I I mean, it was just an absolute embarrassment to the Heat. And the Bucs just completely dominated them, played a hell of a series. Giannis, incredible. And all the other uh, surrounding pieces around him played very well as, also. I mean, the Bucs are playing great team basketball, but <laughs> – it doesn't look like it's helping them in the second round as of right now because uh, we are watching them about to go down 2-0 against the Nets, but we'll talk about that in our other segment. But the Bucs in the first round looked incredible. Yeah, Andrew, in the seventh of the eight first-round series is we have the Clippers and the Mavs, and unfortunately for the Mavericks, Clippers seem to be their kryptonite, and they just they can't seem to find a way past them. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard were just too much for Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is a top five player in the NBA right now. I mean, it's he's he's the dude is the dude is literally a video. I mean, he had like seventy five combined like points, rebounds, assists. That's like the most in a a most in a game seven or like I don't know most in something ever, and he lost by like fifteen points. I mean, it's 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 horrible. Like. The dude is a freaking stud, and there's no one around him. He, I, I really hope his career doesn't go to waste. But the Clippers, we we knew they were the better team. 
I'm a little surprised it went to seven. I thought it probably ended in six or five, but it shows how good Luca was, even with that sprained neck he was dealing with. Yeah, it's simple as this. The Mavs need to get Luca more help. And until then, I don't know if you can consider them serious contenders. Certain guy in uh, Portland that could be looking for a new team. Or a certain guy in Minnesota. Big Maybe. man looking to get out of there. Maybe. But until then, can't consider Mavs serious contenders. But the Clippers. Oh, Bo- Boban, actually. You know what? You know, I want to have a quick word about Boban. He gave them a different type of energy. He especially when they were playing in Dallas, as soon as Boban stepped on the court, then the entire momentum shift went straight to the Mavs. As soon as he stepped on the court, just because of the energy he brought the team on the court. I mean, he is definitely not the most skilled player you'll see. And probably one out of the 10 guys on the court, he'll probably be one of the the eighth, ninth, or 10th best or most skilled player on the court when he's on. But... He brings, he brings a different type of energy to this team when he's on the court and in, to the fans and just it energizes this team when he's on the court. The fans get into it, everything. I thought it was just incredible when he got into the game. And I, I, I don't think they should play him too much because he's just not that skilled of a player. But I think they have to get him in more just for that reason. I thought he had a phenomenal uh, series and mainly due to the energy he brought to the team. But as I was saying, Mavs need to get uh, Luka more help with more skilled players that can actually be a co-star that Kristaps Porzingis claims he wants to be but can't play like it. But the Clippers, they're, they're the opposite of what the Mavericks are. And even though they went to the last game, game seven, with the Mavericks, I think – they're the opposite, and I think they're a title contender. Although they did play the Mavericks that close, they still are a title contender just because they have a guy named Kawhi Leonard. They have a guy who's playing a lot better named Paul George. And with those two, it's a deadly duo. Clippers, I think it really showed a lot about them to persevere through that series, even though they got down and they made their way back and they ended up winning this series in seven games. Very uh, impressive by the Clippers, and I think they could do some damage in the playoffs if they uh, keep this momentum that they got from this last series. Yeah, Andrew, and in the last series that we have, we have the Jazz convincingly beating the Grizzlies. I mean, this series was not close. Outside of the first game, but Donovan Mitchell didn't play. Not a whole lot to talk about here. Jazz were clearly the better team. That's really all. Yeah, Jazz were the better team going into it, and they showed in the series, took care of business convincingly against the Grizzlies. Like you said, not much to say about it. The Jazz are just the better team, and they have more experience, and they showed it in that series. Yeah, Andrew, and moving on now to – our second round predictions. Let's start off, Andrew, with the Sixers versus the Hawks. Who do you have winning this series? I have, and at this point in time when we're recording this, the Hawks are currently leading the series one to nothing. 
and I, I still have the 76ers winning this series just because they're the much better team. And I think Trey Young is the really the main thing that's in main uh, piece of that team that's really propelling them to this uh, incredible playoff uh, start and run so far. But I think that'll quickly come to a stop once uh, the 76ers actually start learning how to play defense on him, which I think they will. And they should really make sure that Ben Simmons is on him the entire time because Ben Simmons is arguably the best defender in the NBA. And they have to make sure that Ben Simmons is on Trey Young because Trey Young is a deadly offensive weapon. And if you want to contain him, you got to put your best defensive guy on him, and that's Ben Simmons. So as long as they can contain Trey Young, which I believe they will be able to, I think they'll be perfectly fine. Joel Embiid's playing great. And if Ben Simmons can uh, be that second star and Tobias Harris can step up, and I believe all this uh, stuff will happen, I think the 76ers will take the series, although going down one nothing in this series after game one. Yeah, I'm going to go different route. I, I have the Hawks winning this series. I don't believe that Joel Embiid's going to be able to stay healthy. I think at some point he's going to miss a game or two in the series, and that's going to cost them. Trey Young's playing at too high of a level, and I don't think Ben Simmons is able to match his scoring. Obviously, it's not his job, but I just don't see a way where they're able to con- contain Trey Young and he's able to get his teammate, teammates involved so much. You saw it in game one, even with a – Joel and even with Joel and B, we know he's not at a hundred percent and without him being at a hundred percent, I don't, I don't see a way where this game or where the, where the Sixers find a way to win the series. I just want to say this and I don't hate your prediction at all, but I, I just find it funny how you were uh, trash talking, hated my uh, first round prediction of the Hawks beating the Knicks. And it's just crazy to see how much one round can change someone's opinion. Just because, I mean, the Hawks absolutely dominated their first-round series, and they went up one. I still hate him. I still hate Trey Young. I, mean, I know. I don't. I don't know many people besides Hawks fans that really love his game, but it's still crazy to see how uh, one series and one player's performance can change someone's uh, opinion on the entire team. Just, just my quick little thought in there. Yeah, Andrew. Moving on now to the second series. Uh, this one's, I mean, if, if you've watched any of the series, this one should be a pretty quick and obvious pick between the Bucks and the Nets. I have the Nets. I'm pretty sure you have the Nets. There's, I mean, even without, I mean, they've been not without Harden for basically two games now, and they're up 2-0. They've won by like 30 both games. I don't see a way where the Bucks are able to win this series. Yeah, the Nets are way too dominant, in there, and they're just showing in the first two games of this series. I mean, it's clear that the Nets are the better team, although the Bucks looked great. In, in their first series when they swept the Heat. But that, that honestly might have said more about the Heat than the Bucks. Clearly uh, seeing that the Nets are taking care of business easily so far with the first two games, uh, winning by a huge margin against the Bucks. So I got the Nets as well. Yeah, Andrew, and in the third series, we have the Suns and the Nuggets. I have the Suns. I think this is kind of where the Jamal Murray loss really starts to affect them, especially with the guard play that the the Suns are going to bring out with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. I think this they can take it to six or seven games. I just don't think in a game seven winner take all of that a team without a Jamal or a, a not a non Jamal Murray led Nuggets team is going to be able to defeat Chris Paul and Devin Booker. 
I absolutely agree with you on this. And also not only whether their guard play overmatched Denver's guard play, but they also summoned a matchup Jokic in the post and that's DeAndre Ayton. So overall, I think the Suns should take care of business without too much trouble. But when Nikola Jokic is on the other side and on the opposing team, it's, it's never going to be easy. So just look out for Jokic, I guess, in that series. But I think the Suns will outmatch them in many other uh, assets of that game. Yeah, Andrew, in the final series we have before wrapping up this podcast, we have the the Clippers and the Jazz. And I know the Jazz are the higher seed. I think the Clippers are a better team. I think the Clippers with Tyron Lue are going to have that playoff experience that the Jazz are kind of missing. They haven't really gotten very deep into the playoffs. This may, I, I mean, for a lot of these guys, this may have been one of the only times they've even got to the second round. And for guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, these guys are playoff veterans. Pat Bev, I mean, all these guys have been through all the wars of the playoffs. I think the experience and just this, this, the pure talent that the Clippers possess, I think this is going to lead to a Clippers winning this series. I absolutely agree with you here. And although the Jazz are the higher seed, like you said, not only the higher seed, but the number one seed in the Western Conference, I also think the Clippers are going to win. They're riding a lot of momentum from their last series, taking home that game seven against the Mavericks. And also, like you said, they, their talent just outmatches and outweighs the talent that the Utah Jazz has. And that's starting with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And also, like you mentioned, they have a lot more veterans that can step in and step up for them. And also, they have a lot more playoff experience. For that reason, I'm also taking the upset here and taking the Clippers in the series. Yeah, Andrew, with that being said, I think this would be a great time to wrap up tonight's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Day Sports Podcast.